Welcome to the Sports Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Lur, and I'm delighted to have a fellow German with me here on the line, calling from Prague, from the Czech Republic, uh, but uh, via Cologne, Germany, which is also my hometown. So excited to uh, go through uh, the career path and the exciting things Michael is doing. So welcome, Michael Broda. Hi, Marcus. Thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here today. Oh, awesome to have you on the line, Michael. And uh, of course, in Germany, we would say Michael, but uh, we'll we'll stick to the German version here, uh, the English version here. Um, and uh, as always, let me yes. quickly just do a bit of an introduction uh, on who you are, and then uh, we'll dive, as usual, deep into your stories um, and your career. So Michael really started off in the banking world. Uh, was one of the big uh, German bank, Commerzbank, uh, an investment banking side of the business. Uh, and, and we'll hear a little story maybe on that later. Um, got into, uh, you know, I, I would sort of call it uh, in German, we call it Mittelstand, uh, sort of an SME business then, uh, which brought you to Prague, um, back to your roots. Uh, again, we'll talk about it later a bit. Uh, and then uh, in sort of the, the mid 2000s, you started your, uh, to, uh, sorry, early 2000s, you started your own uh, uh, sort of investment group, Delta Capital, um, where you started to invest in, in, in certain companies in the region. And for the last five years, and this is really where we're going to head to, and, and we're We'll spend most of our time on, of course, is uh, you're now involvement and, and heavy focus on esports, gaming, um, investment in uh, in companies uh, in the region and and globally, as well as of course what you're building in terms of the new esports players league. So, uh, but before we get there, um, let's go backwards to how it all started. How um, how a uh, you know a, a fellow col man from Cologne. Um, got started in in the in the world of banking uh, and how that all led to where you're now. Tell me. Yeah, uh, uh, thanks for the description. That's that's correct. I started uh, with the Commerzbank in Cologne, uh, and I moved then a little bit to 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 Frankfurt to the to the investment banking back in uh, yeah 20 years ago. It was cool to be to <laughs> to to be a banker, and uh, founder was still new, right? It it was not the fancy word. Banker was still cooler. I think right now it's uh, the the opposite way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in Commerzbank, I was fo focusing on uh, financial derivatives. At the end of the day, this is something what caused the 2008 crisis, right? The structured mm. products, the 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 difficult uh, part of the of the business. So so I was uh, part of that until 2003. And uh, I had a little bit of feeling of investment banking being, you, you remember this scene maybe from Wolf of the Wall Street, when in the very beginning they are sitting at the, at the uh, lunch and uh, the colleague of Leonardo DiCaprio is talking about investment banking, how it works. Yep. This, is the, this is the way I, how, I, how I felt it, oh, right? Okay. And, and, and uh, I was having the opinion it's not sustainable uh, in, 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 in the long run and uh, banks become obsolete. So, so I left. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and we, we probably could spend a whole podcast just talking about the, the crazy banking world in, in those days, as well as, of course, you know, what you're alluding to in the movie and, um, you know, but uh, that's not what we're talking about here. So we'll move on there, is, uh, even though it would be, of course, an interesting topic to dig a bit deeper. Um, so, you you know, <laughs> that what we then should do really quickly, just just uh, explain everyone, you know, you obviously have a uh, your background, your, your family background or, or your parents background is from the Czech Republic. So even though you grew up in, in, in Cologne, in Germany. Um, so there was a job opportunity, I guess, as a CFO um, you know, of, a, of an enterprise in, in Prague. That's how you got back, I guess, there in the in early 2000s um, in that world. And, and then it all sort of uh, started a bit to go from there. Uh, you know, just just uh, talk us through that for real quick. Yeah, so I was, I was thinking to go uh, uh, to, to a different country for, for a year. This was my, this was my interest. My family had a, a shareholding in a, in a Czech company. And, and so uh, it was easy for me to move uh, uh, to, this, to this company, get into the board really quickly. I was uh, uh, getting the responsibility of, of CFO. It was close to, to banking, of course. 
and uh, then it went well uh, for for quite a time. We we were growing a lot, up to five thousand employees. I was spending three years uh, in 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 that position. We brought this company up to four hundred million euro in turnover, wow. and uh, yeah, this was quite of an experience in terms of of uh, big business, right? Uh, so uh, I was responsible for M and A and all this kind of stuff, and and this young age i think i was 27 28 mm. uh, a really good experience they taught me how to work 16 hours a day i think we all know it <laughs> that uh, <laughs> this is something we we, we keep doing but uh, it, it shows you that if you want to achieve something you need to really be 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 focused uh, as any entrepreneur yeah. so i did that and uh, again it was going quite well the company was a little bit dependent on on the government. Eastern Europe is uh, a difficult, a difficult region still, yeah. and since the dependency became a problem, we needed to sell our shares, and this is when I decided also to leave the company. Got it, got it. Ah, interesting. Well, that's still a really cool story. And, and again, you know, I've had someone on a, on a podcast before who built you know, some very, very substantial businesses in Russia, which, again, you can imagine how that is, uh, you know, uh, living in Czech Republic and seeing how it works there. So so then you, you got into, I guess, you know, your first sort of round of, um, you know, investment, you know, you, again, you take your, your banking uh, learnings there and started your investment group called Delta Capital. Um, and you obviously that still exists. Uh, I believe, and and you've been doing you know a bunch of things yes. over the years. So um, again, just a quick overview, maybe of a couple of things you were doing there. Um, you know, some interesting stuff that worked, and you know, if anything, maybe you did which didn't work as well. We always like to see both sides of the coins here. Yes. So I think that uh, during the time of Delta Capital, I made something like fifteen to twenty investment, mm. right? Uh, even though it's called capital. Uh, I didn't use any outside money uh, during during this time, right. and this is why I started with uh, turnarounds because uh, you obviously don't need a lot of capital if you if you are buying a company in problems. So this is how how I started, and uh, uh, then then I basically discovered the startup industry and uh, seeing the advantages of uh, of the startups being technologically advanced hmm. and at some point it became my passion to combine old economy and new economy right i, I still okay. uh, think that uh, th this is this is this is working and uh, so that's why i built up a, a small startup division to 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 invest this is ultimately how i got then into into esports and we did basically many industries health care security documents uh, uh forestry still and uh at the end of the day we ended up with security documents only so delta capital i resigned three years ago being only the chairman uh, of the supervisory board and and taking care of uh, strategy, so not being there full time. This company still employs more than 100 people and is focusing on secure documents, so producing producing uh, uh, paper license plates and then putting it all together in uh, with technology and using AI, for example, to 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 identify documents. Uh, uh, we call the buzzword smart and identification exporting to more than 40, 40 countries. So this business is, is, is running well. Mm. It's basically uh, 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 my 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 uh, pension for the for the future cow. and everything <laughs> I'm I'm I, cash cow. Yeah. And everything I'm doing around esports. Uh, this is, I think, uh, passion. So from that, I, as I as I said, I came to 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 the startup industry. We did a couple of uh, startup shows, Best of X, Central European Startup Awards, and then I 2015 I invested in my first venture um, in in the fantasy sports area. Mm -hmm. uh, fantasy sports, as you know, is is really popular in in US, and we thought back then it would be the same uh, in Europe, but it was not. 
still doesn't does, doesn't work. So we burned a lot of money uh, in the in the German market, and uh, this led me to to a company which is called Esports.com. Mm-hmm. Right, I was uh, uh, one small investor in the in the beginning, and uh, then I took this company over as 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 CEO. And uh, we led it to, to an acquisition of Pro7Z1 Media Group, who is uh, uh, the owner today, uh, starting with the JV first. And, and uh, uh, I think we had a good business concept uh, uh, of, of building a global company. Now uh, Pro7 uh, is, is developing it from the German-speaking countries at, at some point, maybe going going global. So the, what, what being was the company CEO doing of to eSport- be- Exactly. To be exact, what was what was uh, esports.com all about? What, what what was actually their business model, or their business itself? So it was, it was basically a media platform, right? So what okay. we d- discovered is that uh, it's really hard to find out uh, to find good content on on and structured content, editorial content, on esports. It's really hard to understand uh, who, you know, uh, asking. Everyone tells you he's the world champion in in any game, right? I met so many world champions in in esports that I have had no clue who is really the the, the world champion. Mm. And if you want want to know something about uh, a certain game and the structure and league structure, it's really difficult coming from outside uh, to to understand the esports structure. Mm-hmm. And esports.com basically is the best address to go to, and that's why we capture this media angle to to make a really strong platform where you pick up information yeah you want to know you want to learn something about the industry you want to learn something about the game you want to see results and 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 all of that so so uh, uh esports.com is, is is doing that still all it's right. uh it's a platform they, they invested a lot a lot of money in editorial content right mm-hmm. to 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 bring it up to a certain level and i think this is prior to 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 going global so prozim for us was the first jv we signed and uh, uh prozim liked it so much that they bought it off <laughs> got it i mean it's a great address obviously esports.com uh, so you, yeah there's a lot of things you can do with it i have to admit i'm not uh, i wasn't as familiar with it but uh, interesting so it's really is a news portal um, gathering info and I guess the uh, question of yes. where they're taking it from there, right? Um, and I can see it's both in English as well, uh, German, I'm sure, uh, uh, as well. Then, uh, cool. Okay, so that one was an equ- you know was something you started. You then sold it off to Prozeben, which obviously is one of the big German uh, media houses. Um, and you know, let, let's talk a bit about the things you're doing in esport in the esports investment group, right? EIG, I guess. Um, you know, you have a couple of uh, you know smaller investments in a variety of startups. Is really what I would call them, right? And and I've looked at you know the deck you shared with me. Um, you know, I, I would say most of those are you know angel investment or really you know early seed, you know pre seed, or or how would you describe the the investments you've done uh, in those uh, companies? You know, at this point in time. Yes, definitely. So so we are really really. Uh early stage uh, sometimes you could also say say this is a late founder founder position mm. i think uh, being being uh, uh, ceo of esports.com it was really opening all the doors right you right. can speak to to every ceo of any major team or league uh, uh, publisher and and so 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 i think during this time i i learned really about the pain points Mm-hmm. Uh, of the industry and in every company I'm investing now is I'm I'm trying to address one of the one of the pain points. So I think the major investment and and uh, uh, the major ideas we we uh, built up from scratch a company called ESPL. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is I think the most of the learnings I took from from esports.com. And other than that, if I see uh, some some opportunity, um, I call it digital infrastructure, the, a company which is building the digital infrastructure in the esports space. I'm always interested because I think this is the one of the main pain points. So I invest early, 
not a lot of money. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, we are not the fund. So, so investing early, connecting the dots, and bringing to Series A, Series B. This is basically the the, the main idea what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and look, at, I mean, obviously, I have your deck, so I, I, I just want to pick on a few things I saw here, and, and maybe you give us a bit more, uh, you know, your your story around this. So, you know, you said you know we invest in data and money and in traffic, right? Uh, because I think that's again what you sort of identified was. Uh, uh, was one of the challenges, you know, in rather investing than in teams, for example, which I believe it's not really what you focus in. Uh, so, uh, you know, looking for the monetization passes and, and infrastructure, um, you, know, you know, maybe put some, you know, put some of your own words around this, you know, why are you going in that direction and what do you see there? I think that esports as an industry could be much larger already, right? We are talking about the industry size of uh, 1 billion, maybe 1.5 after COVID this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we, we will wait for the, for the numbers. And putting that in perspective, uh, uh, we are talking about a big industry, but it's it's small, right? It's yes. it's not really really big. It's 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 a budget of one big Premier League uh, club. Yeah, it's actually and, about and the revenue so, Barcelona so, had this year. FC Barcelona was close to a billion of revenue, and that's one football team. And <laughs> so, uh, in comparison, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's 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 the funny part, right? Everyone says it's a billion industry. It's 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 huge, but putting that in perspective, it's really really small. Yeah. So what I think overall is this industry can be much larger already. Uh, I was estimating, and I know I know not everyone agrees with me, but I think this industry could be already 20, 25 billion by now. And the main problem is the infrastructure is missing, right? And uh, uh, the future is. How do we bring the money and the and the industry together? Uh, if you look from 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 the high level perspective, and you compare traditional sports and the esports, you will see that this is a copy paste business model, right? Mm. Media rights, sponsoring, ticketing, and all of that. This yeah. was until 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 last year, yeah. uh, but from the business perspective. Esports is very, very different, right? You have mm-hmm. streaming, so you have so, so much content for free. Mm-hmm. It's a 24-7 business. It's digital. So you know who's watching. You know who's playing, right? And I think uh, uh, this, the future needs to deliver completely new business opportunities, uh, 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 how to engage with, uh, with the audience, uh, how to also build real value uh, for for brands, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the sponsoring we know just to having a logo on the on the jersey, this will be over. Uh, I don't know if it's two in two years or 12 years, but I, I believe that this will be over and we will be bringing completely new business models. And with with the inve- investment we are taking is we try to estimate what the business models will be what is the highest value for 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 brands? Uh, how how can you play uh, uh, with traffic? How you can aggregate it? How to how to bring the biggest value for the gamers, the publishers, and and the brands at the same time? Mm. And uh, uh, things need to be tested out because uh, um, we don't know everything, of course. But I think we need to see it also in a much larger context, what esports is, is, is going to be. And when we look at social media becoming basically a strong sales channel for brands, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think esports will be very, very similar. Right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, in, in your deck, it's all very much driven about data, right? Data, 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 data collection, data processing, um, you know, and how to use the data, of course, then for monetization, uh, etc. So this, this is really clearly where it's it's very obvious that's your focus um, and your approach, and I guess that's how you've then uh, that's how you are picking some of those companies you are investing in. And so let, let's talk about a couple of them um, which which you've already you know invested in before we get to the the ESPL part of the story here. Um, you know, let, let's pick on one maybe here. Uh, you know, Vibadu or how do I pronounce that property properly? Um, you know, I guess it's a social media yes. platform out of Germany. 
um, you know, doing some work, I guess, there yes. in, in also with some football clubs, et cetera. Tell, tell us a bit about it. What, what exactly they are, are they doing uh, specifically? So uh, Vibadu is a social media platform for, for, for teams, right? I invested, again, really, really early. And uh, the, the, the difference between a, a social media platform like Instagram and Facebook, you, we know, is it's, uh, we call it from, from me to we, right? Mm -hmm. That means a story is not one-sided anymore. But it's two-sided, and I, we think that teams need that. And I remember the, the reason, the reason why I uh, liked it that much. I remember speaking to 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 Carlos, right, the CEO of G2 or the owner of G2, mm -hmm. and 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 he told me a story. Uh, he told me a story when they uh, invested in a studio production. I think he told me that they invested 50,000 euro in in a, in a good show, 15 minutes and, and uh, preparing everything. And then he told me after a tournament, I just took my iPhone and I went out uh, of, of, of the tournament hall and was speaking for 10 minutes to my iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. So he told me. 50,000 euro uh, production costs versus zero production costs. And the result was the same, right? I had, I don't remember the number, 5 million here, 5 million there, everyone watching. And he told me the future is authentic content, right? Mm. And, and, and this is what I believe. And I, I believe that authentic content is, is important. And when you're looking at teams, also esports teams, uh, esports teams are generating one third of its revenue via content, right? right? And this will, I think this will remain the same or it will go up. And what are the audience interested in is authentic content. So, so you need to develop a platform for this. And if you combine it with AI, if you combine it with completely new, 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 new uh, technological models behind it, I think it has a it has a future. So when we launched it, we wanted to start with with esports, but we saw that monetization and esports audience and all of that it's still slow. And uh, but on the other flip side of the coin, we still believe in a big uh, uh, I don't know if we can call it merger, but traditional sports and esports will grow from the business perspective together at, at some point of time. This is my my strong belief. Hmm. And um, if uh, so, so we launch it in the traditional sports, a couple of, of professional teams signed and are generating content uh, on it. And I think for the future, it will be a really good uh, platform for, for esports team, for league organizers to, to create basically not only one-sided, but a multi-sided content. Okay, interesting. Now, again, looking at your, your the info here, um, you have another platform called Esports I Do, right? Um, and again, this is, you know, reading here, it's a white label app uh, platform for professional athletes, clubs, institutions. So, um, you know, what's the difference between the two um, in your mind, or you see that, you know, maybe they're both on a similar path, but coming slightly different different angles and one day maybe there's a way to merge them or or, or you know where, where do you see you know what's what is uh, you know how would you explain the the iSports I do different differentiator here to uh, what you just showed us on uh, Vibadu so the the only thing I think these two companies have in common is is, is the target group right okay. to 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 deliver a service to teams uh, I think that eSport I do is the first real fan engagement app Right, because fan engagement in our understanding means not only basically be connected digitally, but uh, 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 what we dis discovered and it's it's uh, scientifically confirmed is you create a real connection if you uh, do sports or other activities together. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you know it. Uh, I don't know, Marcus. I never asked you if you play golf, for example. But if you're going with a friend on a golf round, spend four or five hours with him. Yep. After this golf round, you you created connection, right? right? If you play with someone tennis or or football, right? You create connection. Yep. And and this is something we discovered. There is a chance to do that digitally. Okay. And uh, having a team 
or an individual uh, star uh, uh, bringing his exercise, his his uh, his uh, real life stats into into a digital platform and All be right. connected. Okay. So you can decide. You can you, you can be, become via AR in future and then VR really connected to 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 him. This is what the platform is about. And then. Uh, it's it's scalable of of course uh so so you can be part of that experience and of of course you can you can monetize this in a completely different manner mm, interesting okay i, I see that they are the connection and, and of course uh um the difference now all right uh interesting now you got two other ones here um and maybe just quickly would we touch on both a little bit as well um so then i think one of your latest ones is called fantasy ia um, again, data-driven uh, psychoanalysis. Um, you know, what is it? It's, it's obviously not just a fantasy platform. There's more to it. Maybe, maybe talk us through that for a minute. Yes. So, so I think that uh, the future in in esports is AI at the at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So, looking at uh, looking at the esports industry, it's basically if you if you simplify it, it's digits versus digits right mm -hmm. you don't have these scalable problems like you have in in uh usually in startups right mm -hmm. looking at uber this is a perfect example of a really scalable uh, business model or what you know from southeast asia uh, grab yeah. really e easy scalable business model but at the end of the day it comes it has scalable limits uh, 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 scalability limits by how many drivers do I have? How many cars do I have? All these limits are not in the esports space, right? If okay. a product is good, then you you can scale it out. Right. And if you combine data data versus data, and you use AI to classify it, to redistribute it, and and to build products on top of it then you can then you can create completely new solutions let me give give me one example uh, mm -hmm. we are thinking of mm -hmm. matchmaking matchmaking 2.0 right okay. you know that uh, 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 for example uh, 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 face it uh, which is a really successful company in the esports space yeah. i think they had two main products why they were so successful one was anti cheat and the second one, the second one was matchmaking, right? right. They did an outstanding job here, and that's why they are so so successful. And now imagine you can you can both bring to the next level by using AI, right? Getting data hmm. uh, not only from inside the game but also outside from the game, right? Hmm. Assuming you 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 are playing uh, 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 a team game. And you need to have four players and you just have three and you're not playing because you couldn't find the fourth one, right? Mm -hmm. What if we can deliver data outside of the game by, by analyzing everything and saying based on, on, on uh, his behavior in, in a chat, this could be a potentially a good candidate uh, on playing free fire with, with this group of, of people. And we suggest it to him at the very same time because we know he's online and he could potentially be willing to play. Right. Okay. And I think this is somehow, this is somehow the way, uh, uh, where it goes. Hmm. And, and that's why we cannot really predict the future. Of course, how it's, how it's going to look like, but uh, the main difference for me uh, from going from gaming to esports is you're going from closed data into open data, right? Okay. This is a main ch uh, the a main game changer because uh, esports is an is an industry, right? It's it's not only about the publisher anymore, and the data uh, are becoming open. They are becoming accessible. Mm. You know, everyone is writing on the chat. Everyone is uh, many are streaming and speaking, and suddenly you can start to understand what's happening. Mm. And then you can make a really good product fit, right? And this is why we are talking about data so much. It's not about, you know, collecting, collecting, but make a much better understanding who's in front of the screen and then offer him the right solution in the right time, right? And, and this is what uh, also Fantasy AI stands for. 
and and uh, so uh, I found a couple of, of scientists basically uh, researching data for complete other industries, okay. and then we learned that we we can apply many things to the to the esports industry. So we set up this this uh, this project and look, look at it that way. Oh, awesome. Where are they based? Just out of curiosity, where do you find these guys? In, in Eastern Europe, or or where are they where these guys are sitting? Uh, so we are we are we are working basically very often with IT people from from Eastern Europe. So right. so we are uh, uh, working with guys from Moscow. Mm. Uh, these AI people are from 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 Prague, mm. and uh, we have also uh, many developers in 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 Be- Belgrade, basically via via the company 2G Nation. Interesting. I mean, and anyone from the industry knows that there is a there's a lot of very smart tech guys sitting in this part of the world. Um, you know, in the different groups, in different parts of uh, of Eastern Europe, um, there are a lot of times, obviously, a lot cheaper as well. And that's where I think you know people go there to to find developers and 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 the back end side of it. And so I, I think you are in an interesting space where you obviously on the ground to to have these meetings and conversations uh, and find those clever guys there. So uh, so I think that's unique and different than. You know, if you're sitting in, even if you're sitting in Silicon yeah. Valley, right? I mean, yes, sure, there's lots of smart folks there. But um, again, you know, there are those pockets around the world too. And, and I know Eastern Europe or certain countries, at least in that region, are very similar, right? Is that but your experience as well? Yes, definitely, definitely. And you know, the, the the prices in Silicon Valley are are insane. They are really good business people, right? I, th- I think I'm I'm looking many many uh, uh, on on YouTube channel and many VC uh, stories and A16Z is something what I like basically the most. Mm-hmm. And they, these guys are really really clever in terms of how to set up a business, how to structure the industry, how to connect the dots. Uh, but at some point, it's it's clear if the, all the tech companies are in Silicon Valley, it's not it's not possible to have all the I, I, IT people there, right? So, yeah. so I think this is one of one of the one of the advantage. And some at some point, you need to uh, connect uh, these opportunities. So at some point, VC investors needs to invest in our our uh, uh, ventures. Uh, to learn also from them, but in in terms of IT, especially prices, but also quality, the quality is really high in Eastern Europe. Uh, you have a good chance to to develop something and to come up with uh, new ideas. And I think this is something what I like very much about the esports industry, because I don't think that in the long run it's all about capital. Right, bringing up the uh, bringing the startups like WeWork and and, and the ones I mentioned already to uh, 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 Decacorn, it's about capital, right? How much do you raise on the journey? Yeah. And it esports, I think that at some point to to develop a unicorn, it doesn't need 100 million of investment. It can be five or ten, because you are in a such scalable space. And using AI can can give you much better traction without uh, not investing that much of, of of money. That's why I'm so focused on tech, mm-hmm. and and uh, basically my role is to try to connect tech opportunities with business opportunities. I think I I know a little bit of both, mm-hmm. and if we make the right connection, then 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 we can be successful. Interesting. I'll have two little questions before we move on to the, the ESPL world here. Um, one is, you know, looking at all these countries you're in there, uh, which are the ones really would stand out a bit? I mean, you are obviously in Czech Republic, but if you look at your neighbors around you, who is really sort of, you would say, that's where these these tech startups are, and, and it's just an incredible group. Is there one which stands out more than other? Um not not really to 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 be frank you, basically you get all the all the connections via via network right uh, uh so so uh i i don't know to be to to be frank the opportunities we found is 
always via our network. It's never right. never happened that I saw some some startup on a on a on a stage and said this is it. Right. Uh, uh, usually it's coming via network. That's why we are uh, uh, having two portfolio companies in 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 Germany, right? Uh, most of our network is is there. Uh, the the company is in Belgrade is also led by uh, by a, by a German. Right. Okay. So uh, overall, I would say the esports industry is global. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Now, from a, uh, let you know, let's stick for a minute on on, on your fund here. Um, I know you said you got you raising some money too, right? For the for the fund to obviously go and invest some more. You want to share a little bit of uh, you know so people know about it, and if there's interest, maybe they can give you a call. Definitely, they could give us a call. So, so, so we will do a fundraise round uh, only if it if it if it makes really sense. And uh, 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 we we are not having right now clear rules. We did a small fund uh, around uh, in the second half of, of of the year, and we are definitely looking for doing a bigger round in uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, so, so basically, uh, it's not that we will raise anything until end of the year, but slowly but surely, uh, uh, we will prepare for something 2021. And whoever is interested and likes this investment philosophy and the way we are thinking about esports should give me a call for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that later. Um, now, you know, before we, uh, you know, sort of uh, start wrapping here, is let's let's really have a good chat about ESPL. Right? the esports player league um a you are the ceo of it so this isn't just an investment um you are you know sticking your neck out there um and driving it uh from the front and uh, so you know talk us through a bit um you know there i believe you had you know an investment in another group here which also builds tournament engines so i'm assuming some maybe they had something to do with this uh, and how you looked at it but uh, you know to frame it the way i understand it is it's an esports tournament platform it's really about finding the the bedroom warriors or the bedroom uh, players you know and giving them a chance to to take them all the way to become pro gamers so that's i believe how you guys position it um you know talk us through how it started uh, and where you're at now um you know and what's the big sort of uh, plans for next year yes uh so i think the, the the big advantage we had having an investment we could be we could could have been faster in scaling out technology what i what i learned in that space and this was one of uh, uh, the hard learnings also at uh, esports.com to build up a tech for the esports industry it's it's not easy right it's not mm. that you go like on shopify and white label the platform you need right. to have a deep understanding about the mechanics uh, you need to understand what API is and and so on. So so uh, uh, 2G Nation helped us to nav navigate through this uh, uh, mm. problem. Of, of of course, ESPL has its uh, own tag team now, and uh, basically it helped us a lot to start off, right? Uh, mm. Because all the knowledge this 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 company had, and and uh, uh, I'm, I'm mentioning the tech part of of the esports industry so heavily because uh, it's it it is a tech game at the end of the day. You you are in the open space, and if you mess up some somewhere do not deliver properly uh you, you can get a shit storm immediately right so right. so you need to take this uh th things uh, uh seriously it's not that it's that it's hidden so so we are really um focusing on doing all these things right uh, of course there are there are learnings on the way uh but 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 this was this was this was the start and and why i invested basically into g nation in the in the in the first uh place uh if you're building any esports product you need to have someone who's who's having your back basically mm -hmm. right because to to set up a full team from scratch it's uh it's it's a path mm -hmm. so uh but at the end 
end of the day, this is this was not what ESPN was was about. The story is 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 very simple. We as esports.com were invested in a company uh, uh, based out of uh, uh, Singapore, uh, having having offices in in KL, yeah. and uh, uh, so so this was the way how we wanted to scale out. And and after I left esports.com, the CEO called me and said, Hey, Michael, uh, uh, let, let, let's 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 go the next round. Let's develop something. What's what's re, what should be done in the uh, esports industry? Let's think about a structured league format, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at the other industries. What Formula One is doing, for example, and uh, let's see w- what are the ways to develop it in the in the in the esports space. Mm-hmm. So we did, of course, uh, uh, we had many many learnings, but we're looking into the. Uh, the industry that that we think there is no really a structured format for amateur players, uh, semi-pro, casual gamers to compete uh, on a, on a daily or on a on a regular basis. There are a couple of companies uh, uh, doing that regionally, right? Surprisingly, mm-hmm. many br- brands are doing that under their brand name, but in my opinion, they are stepping out of their core business and uh, they should leverage it, but not doing it uh, uh, themselves. So many companies When you say brands, you develop- talk about the, the publishers doing it themselves, you know, running their own leagues or, or when you, who do you mean with brands? So from your region, basically, Singtel, right? Oh, They're doing mean, a okay. good yeah, esports like job, Telcos right? and others, right, okay. Telcos, yeah, Telcos and other tech companies. So, so uh, uh, I, I think to make an estimation, I think that the publishers will focus on the Champions League in the future, right? right. I think you 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 know it. You know, uh, looking back and forth, they are not every publisher behaves the same, right? They're publisher who have closed the ecosystem completely, yep. and there are publishers who have opened up ecosystem completely right mm. and i my, my feeling is it goes to a point where the publishers will open up the ecosystem but not on the pro part right this is mm. this would be my estimation for the for the future okay. and uh uh that 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 means uh uh that the the space for the entrepreneurship is around uh, the amateur and uh, basically the mainstream right the ma- mm. mass mass audience mm. and looking looking at at it from a gamer perspective um assuming you're sitting somewhere in india right five years ago you didn't really know about the esports industry but now geo connected you and you have data almost for free uh, uh, Nvidia is putting all the computing power uh, uh, into the cloud. Yep. Then 5G comes, and basically everyone is connected, right? right. Everyone can compete. You don't you don't need a three thousand dollar PC uh, to play Counter Strike anymore. You just basically need a need a screen and and connection, and and there you go, right? Mm-hmm. This is a game changer in technology uh, as as well. And what happens then? Then suddenly you don't have uh, a, a couple of friends building up a professional esports team. This will this will be the same industry structure like in in traditional sports, right? You you started a small club, then then you move up regionally, uh, nationally, and then you end up uh, at Barcelona if you're if you're <laughs> good enough. And I think this 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 will be. This will be developed also mm-hmm. in the esports industry. The yes. top teams need to find the next talents. This, the the pro leagues and the champions leagues of, of esports will need to find the future future teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a whole industry below it. And and we took the the we took the opportunity and 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 uh, are building this ecosystem, and that's why we developed esports uh, players league, which we launched in uh, twelve countries, right now. And uh, we we believe this is something what the industry needs in the in the long run. And remember, I think esports is some somehow like we were uh, in in football in the seventies. Right. Uh, looking at Manchester United back then, they all had already had a stadium. Right. They already had a sponsor. Uh, 
uh, uh, it was it was huge business for the pro teams, but there was no complete structure below it, and it took 20, 30 years, let's say 20 years to develop all of it. Mm. And in, in esports, due to technology, everything can be can be much faster. So we are trying we are trying to 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 catch this space. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, as you rightly said, there are similar groups. I've come across many, you know, from obviously I look at it mostly from our region here in, in you know, Asia, China, uh, India, Middle East, et cetera. So, uh, you know, there, there it's, it's, and, and, but everyone has a slightly different twist to it, I guess. So, and this is really, you know, as usual, um, how, uh, you know, you need to differentiate yourself. Um, and, and it's interesting that you obviously used in this case, you not didn't start in Europe with it, um, or Eastern Europe, uh, you started here in Asia. How did that come about? Was it just because the way you, your partners, because they were based here or what was the real reason why you started in, in this region here? So we have a, a mobile esports focus, right? We are not mobile esports only, mm. but uh, we believe very much in, in mobile esports. And Southeast Asia is, is is a good region to start, right? You know yes. it, you you know it for, uh, yourself. There are there are countries that are mobile first, but yep. there are countries that are mobile only, right? The, yes. the 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 power of these countries is already huge. You have you have Singapore and Malaysia. Uh, the buying power is already outstanding, right? It's not the third world. Yep. So 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 uh, uh, and and luckily for me, I have uh, two very very good partners who who are from this space who know who know the industry who can connect the dots and mm. basically they brought me brought me in on, on on that so initially espl wasn't my idea uh and uh, so we were three founders two of them are from southeast asia so right. this is how how it all uh started and overall i think that s setting up a company uh, 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 structured leagues in the mobile esports space. I, I think Southeast Asia is a really good place to start. I agree. <laughs> That's why we're here. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, we were here for other reasons. But uh, I do agree. I mean, uh, mobile is huge here, and, and we do see huge, huge traction here. Now, let's get a bit into what is all on. Uh, you know, it's ESPL.gg. That's the website. Uh, you know, or the web platform. Um, you know, so yes. I've, when I looked at it, you know, there was some tournament in Malaysia. I believe there's something in in India already starting. Uh, what I saw as well, you had diff you know the different usual sort of bigger mobile games, Free Fire you know mobile legend uh, you know call of duty and others you, you're working on um so what is already live um and what's the plan maybe you know now we're at the end of the year of course but uh, you know what is sort of the big plan for next year in terms of what games you're going to be having um you know what what sort of you know even price money of course you already have as well um uh, where do you see you know just give us a few of those uh, ideas here so uh, we would like to increase the number of countries we are in uh, from 12 up to 20 next year. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, we will definitely uh, become stronger in, in Southeast Asia. Right now we are covering three countries, Malaysia, Singapore and Indonesia. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we will scale that out to, to, to up to 20. I think in terms of games, we will definitely uh, 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 will have on our platform the major mobile esports games, right? The, right? the one you mentioned, they are number one, two, three, and four. Uh, so, so uh, doesn't doesn't matter which which one it, uh, yep. it is. We we want to have the ma mainstream games on 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 our platform, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, right now we we started amateur championships in in, in many countries happening in Mexico, uh, Turkey starting now, India okay. we launched, oh, right, so. and on top on. On top of all of that, we are doing so-called challengers, invitational cups. And I think most important, uh, we develop a concept uh, internally, which we call brand activation and uh, brand activation 2.0, sorry. And this is how do we integrate a brand in a full esports tournament experience, right? Mm -hmm. That it's basically covered uh in 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 the in the brand branding and how can we do uh the experience for the user so so he really gets a connection to the brand but still he has his full esports experience and and after this tournament he knows 
he knows what the product is. His this brand because became a sympathetic brand, uh, sympathetic uh, brand uh, to 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 him. Maybe a love brand in 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 the future and how to combine that. So so in wh- where do we go in in future? We will have uh, two times a year structured championships in in the major games for sure, being in twenty countries. And we want to do a lot of uh, 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 brand-sponsored tournaments, telco-sponsored uh, or activated tournaments, mm. and uh, for the next uh, next year also user-generated tournaments. All right. And at the moment, how does it work? Uh, do I pay to play these tournaments, or it's free? Meaning, you know, sponsor-driven, or, or what's the current model? Uh, basically, it's 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 free. Uh, every tournament uh, uh, will also be free in the in the future. It's partially uh, sponsor driven, uh, and uh, we will have in the future uh, a freemium model like we know it from the uh, esports or, or gaming industry. Right? Mm. You can always uh, you can always play play for free in future if you want to have. Uh, more value for yourself we are talking about the sponsorship engine and a couple of uh, uh coaching and, and 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 things which has more value special content be closer to the top teams then at some point there there, there will be offerings uh which will be part of the of the premium world mm-hmm. right That's but right. other than that uh this will be a platform bringing value to the to the gamer and uh, as, as as i was mentioning in the in the in the beginning, uh, the maybe potential superstar from India who wants to become a star, he shouldn't have any any hurdles, obstacles on the way how to how to become pro. If he's good, he shouldn't be paying for anything if he doesn't have the money and still become pro. But, but, yeah, and it's and, you know so again, which, which is the part I like really about it, and it's obviously what we're highlighting here is is the you know you're building a career path uh, for anyone. Um, you know, mobile is of course the easiest place for yep. anyone to enter. As I said, you know, even even a low end mobile device uh, out of India or in, in Indonesia, wherever, um, you know, it works. Uh, and a lot of these games like Free Fire is built towards that anyway, right? That is the whole graphics built towards not the top end of the market, but really the entry point. That's why they have. 600 million downloads globally, you know, and 100 million daily users, which are these crazy numbers. We do some work with Garena and, and Munton and these guys who, you know, do uh, Mobile Legend as well. So I, I know all these numbers are incredible companies uh, done, yeah. you know, very well. And, and I can see where you guys going in there uh, and trying to build that sort of, you know, I guess, tournament system around it. So not just people play it because they want to do it with their friends on the weekend or, or during the week, um, but, you know, have a little more structured around it. Uh, really interesting. Now, let's throw a couple more numbers around here. So, you, you know, you mentioned 12 countries. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe, you know, I saw somewhere before you had, what, a few hundred thousand, like 400,000 users. Those are registered users. People have come online and, and, you know, put their names and numbers down, so to speak. Or, or talk about that. Yes, yes. Registered uh, users, are, uh, uh, yeah, they need to register with, with email or phone or both. Uh, and, and, you, and, you and uh, what's so, the number now? What's the current? Uh, so we are close to, yeah, we we are close to one hundred thousand. Uh, and okay, uh, our one hundred, yeah, one hundred thousand, and uh, the target for next year is one million. Wow. Okay. Um, now, if I also recall it correctly, is the model the way you're rolling into these countries is really a franchise model, right? You're looking, you're looking for local partners. It's not necessarily you doing this all on your own. Is that correct? Definitely. Uh, we 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 are uh, uh, basically uh, as ESPO. We do all the tech part, global branding, global sponsorships, and all of that. Mm. And then we have a country partner who knows the space, right? right. Who knows the community. So uh, coming coming to India again, uh, our biggest country. We work with uh, Paytm. Paytm is a fintech provider, uh, backed by SoftBank, Alibaba. They have 500 million users in their wallet uh, and uh, 50 million gamers on the platform only. So, so, so the relevant group for us. Mm. So, uh, together with Paytm, we we do the esports part of the of the, of the story, and uh, so. Uh, any country partner needs to have a contribution for us that he's either experienced in esports 
mm. or it has somehow the relevant uh, target group, right? Mm. So a telco could be a, a good country partner. FinTech like Paytm is a good country partner. In uh, Mexico, for example, we work with Arena Esports, the number one esports company in, in, in Mexico. And uh, they know how to work with brand. They know the audience and, and all of that. Yeah, great. Uh, look, I like it. I think the, I like the franchise model. Uh, it also, as you said, it, it gives you the chance to then truly become local, right? Because uh, that's the hard part, of course, really making it relevant in every market, which is different, right? Mexico is different than Indonesia than India, no doubt about it. Uh, the local nuances is, um, about, and you guys are on the back end, the tech side of it. Um, who's done all the, you know, I guess you, you, you have people who then do all the different languages and, and do the translation. Is that done by the local part? or are you guys doing this on a whatever uh, headquarter level this is done by them by the by the local partner in a couple okay. of countries uh, you, you, you know English is uh, uh, used pretty much right also mm. in in countries like like India and Latin America sometimes you need to localize to to, 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 to Spanish yeah. but uh, many countries or man, many gamers are used to, to to use English and and that's that's easy other than that it's 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 uh, being localized and I want to catch up on the point you said about about competition, right? Uh, we of course know that there are many uh, companies trying to do s something similar, uh, uh, and and everyone has a has a different approach. I think that basically it's it's good for for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. If if uh, the industry becomes more and more structured, then it it will happen. What happened in any other industry, like uh, when you fundraise for for a company, you will buy off uh, this competitor and that that competitor to combine this business model, right? Yep. And and to 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 build it to the to the next product, right? Absolutely. So I, I'm I'm not afraid of 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 this competition. I think it helps because everyone has some some learnings, yep. and uh, there will be one one company maybe scaling out. Uh, uh, this this business model the fastest of course i hope that it's going to be espl but uh, uh any 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 anyway i think that at some point uh, uh there will be consolidation on on the market and uh, uh good companies will grow together and then something will uh, something will good will develop out of it i don't believe that one company is taking all the market in this in this future it can look like at the end of the day uh, but basically, then it's 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 an in, in, in industry game, and this is good for all of us. I, I totally agree, and 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 again, the you know we, we've been talking about uh, mobile gaming so much here, but you know in the U.S. and, and other markets, it's still console, it's still PCs, which which is driving it there, right? Um, you know, I don't think uh, mobile yeah. is such a big thing yet in the U.S. as an example, right? So again, very different depending on the region. Uh, mobile again in China is already massive, but that's such a locked up market that again, as a Western brand, yes. you really can't get there anyway. <laughs> so um, so you know, let's leave that out. But uh, there are plenty of places, of course, which are large and interesting around the world uh, which you're entering and you know South America is an is a exciting space I, I always hear from uh, from the, these mobile operator there's a lot of similarities to Southeast Asia again very mobile driven uh, similar audiences uh, the games do very well there um, so yeah there are very different pockets around the world where again a different business model uh, would work and, and no one can really do it do the whole world anyway right it's uh, you know unless you Google or whatever or Amazon will throw money at it eventually um, Michael, this was good fun here. I, I really I learned a lot of new things here. Really interesting, all the stuff you do. Um, a in your in the in the esports investment group, of course, which we touched on, and then now you know, and that all sort of you can see now of all the things I guess you're investing in. How you always look at I guess how that tallies up with ESPL and and the services you can combine. So uh, it's an inter really interesting and unique ecosystem I think you're building there. So. I wish you continuous best of luck with it. I'm very certain we will continue to keep talking. And, of course, we are, you know, crossing paths here uh, in, in certain ways already. So uh, best of luck. Uh, any last thoughts here of, uh, you know, what it is, you know, maybe also if you want to leave, a, you know, uh, your, your, how to contact you. Obviously, you on LinkedIn, you, people can get, reach you there. But any other way, if someone wants to have a chat with you about something, uh, you know, what's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn works uh, works perfect. Uh, I like it 
the most. So so anyone you you can find me on on on, on LinkedIn or or via uh, via via ESPL. And uh, yeah, last thoughts. I think that uh, es- the esports industry is really in the beginning. I think that uh, we are talking about a uh, uh, growth of 30% uh, per year. I think that it's it's going to be much more in the in, in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, esports, it's not only competitive gaming. It's 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 much more. I think this is uh, 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 this is an acquisition, retention tool, distribution. Channel channel of the of the future so so i think that uh, this is one of the um, main messages and basically i'm really proud that if you if you as, as as a legend in the industry are saying you learned you new things then i think it was a good podcast <laughs> no absolutely no there's, there's good stuff in here and uh, and like i said you know we, we keep learning from each other that's that's the whole idea of of the podcast and you know for ourselves uh, of course and, and for all the listeners so uh, you know there's always going to be someone who knows a bit more about something but uh they will pick up pieces of what someone else is doing and uh and that is what we're trying to do here fertilize the industry between traditional sports as well as of course within any and within esports um you know um so michael thank you for your time there uh, have a good day ahead uh in prague uh, i'm sure you get some nice uh sort of uh autumn weather there and uh we'll talk again soon Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon, Marcus. Yeah, bis bald. Tschüss. Tschüss. The Sports Entrepreneurs by Marcus Lure Podcasts are a collection of interviews and stories. All content in this podcast is the copyright of Marcus Lure. Reproduction and distribution of the presentation without written permission of the owner is prohibited. All rights reserved.